Broadcasting from the point where sports meets faith, it's Benson and those guys. Now here's your host, Benson and those guys on ESPN Rochester. Welcome to the program, Benson and those guys, presented by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Full roll call today. All our president accounted for, Dan Borello, resident star of the Press Box afternoon show right here on ESPN Rochester, is operating the boards because he is not the star of this show. Sorry about that hot stuff. No, that's all right. (laughs) And also, well, those guys. Those guys are here, Darren, Zach, and Pastor Shane. And it is once again time to take credit for stuff and say, you're welcome. Last week we made fun of Shane's ridiculous flip flip phone. And what do you know? This week my man has a brand new smartphone. You, my friend, are very welcome. And there are a few things, by the way, that happen which we are unwilling to take full credit for. Why does the NFL not play on Saturday mornings? That's right. You're welcome. <laughs> btgprogram.com. Visit us on our website. And if our web counter is accurate, you have never been to our website. <laughs> btgprogram.com. And unlike Bill Simmons, we're allowed to use Twitter. You can follow us at BTG Program <laughs> for the next three weeks. Bill Simmons will not be there. We'll take up that space. Detroit Lions linebacker Stephen Tulloch tore an ACL while celebrating a sack in last week's win over the Green Bay Packers and will miss the rest of the season. Now, to this point, Tulloch has never missed a game in his nine-year career, but he jumped to his feet and appeared to mimic Rogers's, uh, Aaron Rodgers' touchdown dance when he fell to the ground. Now, because it was a celebration and not during a real play, he took a lot of heat about it. He's been the butt of many a joke this week. But I can't get too down on this cat because I've been hobbling around now for 10 days, two weeks after falling down a step. Not stairs, just a step. Yeah, but you were doing something productive. I think you were doing laundry or something like that. He was celebrating a sack. And he ended his season trying to make fun of somebody. If if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm going over and doing the discount double check over him while he's clutching his yeah, knee. Like, listen, we've all done it. You have walked <laughs> in the door frames. You have stubbed your toe on pieces of furniture that have been there for months. We've all gotten that dumb injury. How do you get it? This guy just did it in the spotlight, you know, so he's getting some heat. I've never torn my ACL doing something that stupid. I've never torn my ACL, period. Like This is the stupidest injury ever. This is like Martin Gramatica tearing his ACL, celebrating a 30-yard field goal in the third quarter. Like You're a moron. You you got hurt celebrating. This is awesome. He deserves to be done for the year, and I'm trying not to laugh at him. <laughs> well, the only thing I take away from it is you really got to be careful when you start to uh, talk smack or get all prideful. Uh, people just have a funny way of getting humbled when that happens. Uh, we are a faith-based sports radio program. In fact, we are the number one faith-based sports radio program here in Rochester. So I'm going to give you a Bible verse here. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. And I think Stephen Teller could have used a little bit of humility in that moment. The Dodgers head to the postseason with the most dominant pitcher in the game, Clayton Kershaw, leading the charge. Now, you got to figure the Cy Young Award has to certainly be his at this point, but it seems to me the MVP will go his way as well. At 21-3, and he wasn't at his sharpest Wednesday night when he got called for a balk, threw a wild pitch, and committed a throwing error. That's right, best pitcher in baseball. 
But he lowered his ERA to an MLB leading 1.77, and in doing so, Kershaw clinched his fourth consecutive ERA title, setting a new record and breaking a tie with two guys in the Hall of Fame, Lefty Grove and Greg Mattis. And he even contributed offensively by hitting a triple in which he said, quote, I was tiring. I don't want to do that again. I'll take a double. Yeah, brother. I can hear you. <laughs> this, this is coming from the guy I've seen stretch home runs and triples all the time. You're the king of that, Benson. Well, home runs are out of the question. <laughs> I've been I, known to stretch a triple into a single I, I re- every now I and remember again. Playing, I remember playing against you in softball back in the day, and this dude would hit bombs. And I would half-heartedly run to it because I'm just expecting him to make it all the way around the bases. I turn around to throw it in. He's barely getting the second base at that point. Like, you are a speedster out there. Well, I, I appreciate the uh, compliments, and it's good to have you here on the program. You have to like the Dodgers' chances, though, fellas, don't you think? You like the Dodgers, you like the pitching rotation, if nothing else. Oh, absolutely. You got Zach Granke. I, I don't know how you pronounce his name. Hyun Jin Ryu? Yeah, close enough. Yeah, you know, he's not listening to the program, so it's not like he's going to call and say I mispronounced <laughs> his name. But with a rotation like that, you got a, a 21-game winner, a 16-game winner, and uh, a 14-game winner. And then you got Dan Heron right there, a 13-game winner. That's a nice pitching staff, and you got to like the Dodgers' chances. I know Pastor Shane down there is a Pirates fan, and he's thinking they're going all the way and all that. But you got to get by L.A., my friend. And L.A. scores runs, too. I mean, look up and down that lineup. Matt Kemp and uh, Puig and Adrian Gonzalez, and they are scary. I would not want to play them. As great as Puig is offensively, the best thing is watching him throw a baseball. Yes. Man, he just and throws cannon. BBs. It is awesome. That throw the other night in uh, extra innings, no hop, just right Perfect. on the money. Right it was amazing. Earlier in the year, you remember December, Omar Infante signed with the Royals when the Yankees were trying to get him. Who's had the laugh last now? When By choosing the Royals over the Yankees, the Yankees will be sitting home watching the postseason on television. And he and the Royals, who are making the playoffs for the first time since dinosaurs walked the earth, uh, they're going in. And then kind of a tough night for Phil Hughes, speaking of former Yankees. Here, here this poor guy, 66-minute rain delay, uh, seems to perhaps put him in a spot to lose a $500,000 bonus on his contract. The delay came after he went eight innings. He went eight innings and a win against Arizona. It was his last scheduled start of the year, and he comes up one-third of an inning short of triggering a $500,000 bonus in his contract. <laughs> he says he was very aware of it, but some things just aren't meant to be. Now, that's a pretty casual response. Now, he's he already has reached innings of 180 and 195, which each of those plateaus got him a $250,000 bonus. But, man, you got to think. You got to hope Garden Hire, although he said he's not going to, uh, you got to hope you can get this cat another in one third of an inning of work somewhere along the line. Just just get him in there for one out. Get one out. Guy. That's it. Depends on, depends on what he's told from his uh, superiors on what to do. Because if they need to save the cash and the Twins are not exactly a big spender, then. But this is a guy you just signed to a multi-year contract. You want to keep him pretty happy, I would think. You know, get him in there, throw him an extra out. And by the way, as we all know, with the end of the baseball season comes the end of an era. Mike Napoli of the Boston Red Sox has shaved off his beard. (laughs) Well done. You all thought I was going to say Derek Jeter, didn't you? 
Well, we are not going to mention Jeter's retirement on this program. It has gotten plenty of coverage all year long. We are also not going to say the name of the Washington football team. (laughs) Okay, I can't do it. Redskins. Redskins, 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 Redskins. And we are going to mention Derek Jeter. But does anyone know, is Napoli a free agent this year? The only reason I ask is because if he is, I suspect that beard shaving thing is some sort of secret message (laughs) that he wants to be part of the New York Yankees clean shaven organization. Who who wouldn't want to be a New York Yankee? I mean, look what look what uh, becoming a Yankee did for Johnny Damon. You you leave the Red Sox, your life just gets better. Let's talk about Derek Jeter for a minute. It is the well, it's going to be more than a minute. We're basically this is going to be the Derek Jeter tribute show. Who doesn't love Derek Jeter? This week, Chris Carlin of SNY referred to Jeter as a clown and a fraud. You remember when George Steinbrenner called Hideki Arabu a fat toad? You guys remember? Yes, I do. Yeah. It was kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, that was cool. Sorry, that was pretty unfortunate. I referenced Chris Carlin and fat toad in the same conversation. That was completely by accident, so my apologies. <laughs> I remember when Don Imus used to make fun of him and say, hey, have some more pizza. Yeah. Hey, fatso. I Want do remember pizza? him on Imus. <laughs> yeah. I bet that's the first time that's ever happened where Chris Carlin's name and Fat Toad has been used in the same same <laughs> reference. Anyway, Carlin made his remarks in reference to the Gatorade commercial. You've all seen it. My wife went full boo-hoo. Reportedly, Darren did as well. I teared up. I'm not hiding from it. You're all man, baby. <laughs> anyway, his contention is that Jeter, uh, though not a selfish player throughout his career, and after being a team-first guy, is now trying to grab attention. And I'm fairly certain that it is Carlin who is trying to grab attention by making these remarks at this time about Derek Jeter. I don't think there's anything wrong with celebrating the end of a career. Now, I think this year-long victory lap has been a little over the top. Okay, we get it. It has been. But I come away with a sense that maybe Jeter even wants to do this a little bit for the fans. It does seem slightly out of character for him, but... I mean, we want to say goodbye to our stars, don't we? It's a great opportunity. We get to say goodbye to them. What's the big deal? Well, maybe everybody except Buck Showalter wants to say goodbye to him. <laughs> Clearly, the one-time Yankees manager has no love for the Bronx Bombers. After he was let go, they won it all and basically spent most of the year since beating up on Showalter teams. Now, that last remark is substantiated, but I am sure it's accurate all the same. By the way, if the Orioles really want to make a run at the World Series, they need to fire Buck Showalter. Here's 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 how it goes. The Yankees, Showalter managed the Yankees from 92 to 95. They got rid of him. They won the World Series in 96. He managed the, the Diamondbacks from 98 to 2000. Yes, they let him go, and they won the World Series in 2001. He managed the Rangers from 2003 to 06. And though they didn't win a World Series, just a couple years later in 2010-2011, they got to the series. Buck Showalter, uh, we haven't got to the pest of the week, but I'll tell you, if you were watching the Yankees-Orioles game the other night, he irritated, he frosted my fanny something good. (laughs) The Yankees officially eliminated in the loss to the Orioles. Showalter forced the Yankees to endure the pain as long as he could, making five pitching changes in a 9-5 to game. Five changes, which includes bringing in Brad Brock, who, I have no idea, to face Jeter, hitless on the day, no outs, or excuse me, one out, none on, and the O's up 9-3 to in the eighth inning, and he's still making pitching changes. 
He was leaving the Yankees on the field to kind of let them endure this thing. Way to stay classy, Buck. Showalter says, to be honest, I'm surprised they were still in it this late in the season. Well, he's not the only one. Of course, he claims that the pitching changes were uh, was not a shot at the Yankees. He says, I don't care what they think. We had a lot of things to accomplish with our pitching. And then there's Keith Olbermann. Do you have that cut from Keith Olbermann? Yes, he sir. said this. Contrary to what you have heard, Derek Jeter is not the greatest person in human history. <laughs> he did not invent baseball. He did not discover electricity. He is not the greatest shortstop who ever lived. And among all the terrific players in the history of the New York Yankees, he is not by any measure number one. Now, wait a minute. I do have a little problem there. I mean, Derek Jeter did invent baseball, didn't he? Right. (laughs) As far as I know, Derek Jeter invented baseball. Statistically, Jeter may not have been the best Yankee ever. But if he is not in your top five, and we have talked about this, uh, we have all talked about this off the air a number of times, he certainly has to at least be in the conversation for your top ten, if not for just that simple it factor that the cat seems to win. He just wins. He has five World Series championships. Um, he's a very special player on a very special franchise, like it or not. And you know, he, th- With this weekend, he will have played a total of less than six games in his entire career that have no meaning. Played less than six games where the Yankees were mathematically out of the playoffs. He stayed out of the headlines. He's never been associated with PEDs. And he dates the hottest women around. <laughs> he is He's a throwback to DiMaggio. He's a Namath. He's an Earl of Pearl Monroe. He's basically owned the greatest city on the planet for most of 20 years. So why are all these people peeing in other people's Fruit Loops? What's the big deal? Let him have a good time. Go on with the celebration. In fact, most of the people that are saying these things are going to be like uh, the Frank Wright game. They're going to say, oh, yeah, I was there. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, 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 I was at his last game. I knew Derek Jeter. We hung out. Uh, They're going to tell stories that reality is nowhere is even close. It's like they just want to be in the news. Like The guy, Jeter has been awesome for his entire career. Everyone's always like, well, can you do it in the big games? Well, Jeter did do it in the big games. I I think Jason Stark wrote an article for ESPN or whatever. That article was very telling as to how good Jeter was. And the one that stood out to me the most wasn't the hits and all the games and runs and everything. It was that he played, I think, 158 postseason games. And he hit 308, I believe, or something like that in those games. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's I mean, another that, season. It's a whole other season, and he did it in the playoffs against the best pitching in the most pressure-packed games. He's phenomenal. I don't know how anyone can hate on it, especially the end of the season. The Yankees are already out of it. Just let Jeter have his time. I really do agree with you that Jeter's probably doing this more for the fans than himself. It's it's great. It's fantastic. It's almost over. Just shut your mouth and let it be. I just got to think that there are headline grabs here at the end of the season. I don't understand why, like you say, why would you hate on a guy? What difference does it make? He's had a he's not he's not the greatest Yankee ever. I I would agree to that. I don't think anybody in here would say that he was. But he's certainly a winner. He's got a lot of world championships, and he carries himself with a fair amount of class. You know, maybe the ladies would say otherwise. I I don't know. Zach, you were going to weigh in. The Olbermann thing doesn't bother me because he's pretty widely acknowledged as an idiot. But the Chris Carlin one really bugs me because you know he's on SNY, which is the Mets home channel. You know, in a few years when David Wright has his retirement ceremony and his final year, Chris Carlin is going to be all over it, and he is going to be loving it. And it, 
I, I'd never heard of Chris Carlin before this, honestly, so maybe he succeeded in his goal of getting his name brand out there. But, my gosh, what a tremendous jerk he is. You remember when Steinbrenner referred to Hideki Arabu as a fat toad? Yeah, same thing. Carlin was Mike and the Mad Dog's uh, producer. That's where he kind of rose to fame at FAN, WFAN. Um uh, with, so yeah, that's he he did his thing before Olbermann did his this week. Yeah, I, and I'm having a little fun with it. Yeah. I I like Chris Carlin. I actually have. I've you know he's got a show uh, with with Adam. Sch- I like mm-hmm. it. I I like him. I enjoyed him on Imus in the morning. I think he's way off on this. But you know, again, I think I think there is some. I think what Zach is saying true. He's on the Mets channel, and I also think mm-hmm. it's true that he, there's a few headlines in there. He's trying to grab get his name out there, but. Yeah, I mean, from a non-Yankees fan, it's just long, man. It's the whole entire season we have to hear, you know, what gift Derek Jeter's getting. You know, I I am. I'm a Derek Jeter fan. I love his career, what he's doing. I get why people are tired of it. You know, personally, I'm tired of grown men like Darren crying over every little Jeter thing that comes out. He's sending out a text message saying, you know, I'm crying now, guys. It's so sad. It's just getting long. It's I, I understand it. it. It is getting to a point where we're getting jetered out, and the money that he's making off this deal has also become, like, with New Era, with Nike, with Gatorade, and Steiner Sports, it's like, okay, I, I can see why people get sick of it. Uh, but at the same time, if any player deserves this, it's a guy like Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. And David Wright's not going to have that same ceremony, no. ceremonious uh, send-off. You guys need to stop peeing in my Fruit Loop. <laughs> there is nothing wrong. This, this is a year-long party, Shane. Hold your breath. Close your eyes. It'll be over soon enough. Darren? I do understand how some people be, could be getting annoyed with it. I mean, Gatorade changed their logo for uh, the Yankees' awesome. towels. and all. It was, I love it because I'm a Yankees fan. And Louisville Slugger, I think, is changing Derek Jeter's bat model number from P72 to a DJ2 after awesome. he retires this year. It's great. And Jeter has... He is someone that has kind of earned this stuff. But I can see that non-Yankees fans would be getting annoyed with it. But I also see non-Yankees fans and even some Red Red Sox fans saying the same things I'm saying. Like, the guy earned it. He's been great for baseball. It's almost over. Stop the hating. Just let it be. It'll be done. Listen, if you're not loving this thing, it's because you don't like winning, and that's why you're not a Yankees fan. (laughs) Just jealous they don't win that much. Well, that's right. It's kind of hard for me to say that this year. Before we go to break, let me get this uh, last point out. Do you know who holds the Yankees' single-season record for strikeouts among relievers? Mariano Rivera, Goose Gossage, Sparky Lyle, all good answers, but very much wrong answers. As of this season, the record is held by none other mm-hmm. than Dylan Batances. Dylan Batances. Congratulations to Dylan Batances, who, besides breaking the Yankees' single-season record for relievers, also played with Derek Jeter. And if you did not know it, Derek Jeter is retiring this weekend, and we are celebrating a life, the career of Derek Jeter, like it or not, Shane. I can't wait till tomorrow when he ascends into heaven after he's all done at Fenway Park. <laughs> it happened. We could all go. Yeah. We could all, listen, you're listening to Benson and those guys on ESPN Rochester.
The American dream is of a better future, a confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 140. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets. Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing. Nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service home remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows for interior and exterior remodels. No one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070, 585-402-1070, or visit them at www.mcafeeremodeling.com. You're invited to join Benson this November in the Dominican Republic as part of SCORE International's annual baseball outreach. Your life will be impacted as you help with daily baseball clinics and share the love of Jesus Christ, as well as delivering humanitarian assistance to the needful people of the Dominican Republic. This five-day mission trip includes morning and evening worship services, testimonies from professional ball players, and your choice of daily afternoon ministry opportunities in addition to the morning clinics. The trip departs from Rochester on Sunday, November 9th and returns Thursday, November 13th. Cost is $595 plus airfare, so you can expect the total cost to be around $1,200. The price includes meals, lodging, ground transportation, and airport transfers. Past trips have featured participation from such men as New York Yankee greats Mariana Rivera and Andy Pettit, former NL Rookie of the Year Chris Coughlin, Lou Pinella, Ian Kennedy, Gary Carter, Brett Butler, and many others. Former Atlanta Braves outfielder Otis Nixon is planning to be part of this year's trip. If you're a baseball fan who has wanted to experience the impact of a short-term missions trip, you won't want to miss this one. Contact Benson through our website, www www.btgprogram.com for more information. And now, a fantasy moment with Darren's wife. It's about football! Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. And it is that time of the show where we have a fantasy football moment. Returning from a suspension for bringing up the Kardashian family is Darren's wife, Mandy. So, Darren, I'm going to give this over to you, but you got to keep this woman in line, man. I'll do don't, my best. We're not we're not e television here. So I think that suspension was a little harsh. <laughs> no. See, Darren, listen. Hey, I can't control her, man. You got that sound clip right? Because we're going to need that in the future. Dan, where he says he cannot control his woman. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to give you guys a quick update, though. In week one, Mandy took Calvin Johnson. That's, that's, that's pretty easy. Even a girl should know that one. Week two, she took Jimmy Graham over Tony Gonzalez because uh, she'd never heard of Gonzalez. And although that's that's pretty bad, you know, uh, she did take a guy over a retired guy. So that's, that's still a good call and a win. Week three, she took C.J. Spiller over Reggie Bush, citing Bush dated a Kardashian, um, and that automatically makes him an idiot. Uh, that's what she got suspended for. Not allowed to say that. She is 3-0, and though, and all those have been relatively easy calls, so this week's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. 
All right, I have some uh, key guys on buys this week. <clears throat> uh, so my options for RB1 position, they're, they're bleak. I got Doug Martin, who's finally healthy enough to play. He's at Pittsburgh and currently part of possibly the worst team in the NFL. I also have D'Angelo Williams, who's coming off an injury, uh, and he's at Baltimore. Or Darren Sproles, who's healthy, but he's in San Francisco this week. So, you know, I, I can only play one of those three. Who should I put in? Well... Well, I've already, I've always been um, kind of partial to men named Darren, so I guess we'll go with Darren Sproles. Awesome. awesome. You, so, you told her to say that. <laughs> no, there is no doubt in I my mind you that. set that up. I did not tell her to say that. I can picture your living room, baby. <laughs> you gotta, you, you gotta say Darren because you know. Hey, when Darren Sproles outscores those other two, she's gonna be four and zero. So you guys might want to listen. This is solid fantasy advice, especially this week. Mandy, thanks for coming on. <laughs> Uh, I, I, man, I feel bad for you. You're married to this guy, and you got it. Oh, good for you. All right, we'll see how you do. Thanks for coming on, fellas. Former Texas Rangers manager Ron Washington a few weeks ago stepped down from his position with the team uh, early September after what was termed at the time as personal reasons. Rangers GM John Daniels would only say at the time that Ron has given us permission to say it's not drug related. Despite that statement, several uh, uninformed fools proved their foolishness by speculating that Washington was back on drugs. Well, that was me and Darren. That was you and Darren. Well, last week, I hope that each of you... I did not remember saying that. You did. Okay. Last week, um, when when Washington held a news conference to uh, share what happened, but more importantly, he called the conference to apologize to his wife. Uh, He announced that he was embarrassed and that, quote-unquote, a very low time in my life after being unfaithful to his wife of 42 years. His wife was by his side, and he publicly wanted to apologize to her. And he said this, I don't run when I make a mistake. When you put yourself in situations, you own it. I was not true to my wife. After 42 years, I broke that trust. And I'm here to own that mistake and to, to apologize to her and those who have trusted in me. I have let that down. We live in a society where marriage is lightly regarded. It was refreshing to see a man so broken, so remorseful. And joining us on the program uh, once again is Randy Holland, who spent nearly 20 years in professional baseball. Randy is a physical trainer who has worked with many top athletes, many names that you would recognize. He's not only developed a training program that has resulted in improved player conditioning, but he's also a mentor, a discipler of men, specifically athletes. And because of his background, I've asked Randy to join us uh, here on the program, and he's been kind enough to do the, do that. Randy, thanks for coming on. How are you, my friend? Great, Rick. Great to hear from you. Nice to hear from you. Uh, you can speak better than anyone um, that I can think of regarding this situation. Would you be comfortable sharing your testimony um, with you and your wife? Sure. Um, I, I know that, you know, I, I've obviously shared it with you, and, and uh, I'm uh, fairly selective with, with who I, I share that with, and uh, I always get permission to be able to do that before I go out and share it from my wife. But um, I, I've been down this road, um, was in professional sports, like you said, almost 20 years with the Toronto Blue Jays. I was there for 18 years. And uh, the things that go on in, uh, in the professional world, not just the professional world, but any world where we look up to athletes, movie stars, um, there's a certain 
stigma, I guess, that, that, that runs in, in that crowd. And people want to be next to those people, even as an athletic trainer. And, you know, I, I was associated, I was with the Toronto Blue Jays. And so um, because of that, um, you know, people, people wanted to be around me, not to the point of players, but just because I was a, was a Blue Jay, things, uh, things are a little bit easier for me probably than they were for just the average person that's, that's in maybe in the business world. So with that connotation um, and road trips and different things and uh, not getting off to a, a biblical marriage in our, our life, um, I strayed away and, and became unfaithful to my wife. And um, I would, you know, wait to go on road trips uh, in baseball and uh, not proud of it. Um, but I certainly, I, I went down that road and uh, it's, it's, it's a part of my past. Um, you know, uh, it was it, it was it was a real struggle for me, and you live this lie. And um, you know, I, I knew God. I, I was not really what I would say. You know, I got I baptized at twelve, and I was I would say that I was uh, you know I got wet. I didn't really have a relationship with Christ, and I know He was always there. Um, he never never abandoned me, but I certainly did Him. And um, you know, I was living a lie, and I was living a lie for my wife and. Um, she kept asking me what the wall was, and I, I, wouldn't, I wasn't being honest with her. Christ was not in my life. She was not a Christian at the time. And, um, you know, God used, and, and I, I share the story of David and Bathsheba. And, uh, you know, it started in Second Samuel. It says, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle. And, uh, you know, David was supposed to be out of battle that time. He was not where God had called him to. It's almost like spring training, if you think about it. You know, in the spring when kings go out to battle, I always laugh at that. Mm. But David was not where he was supposed to be. And it wasn't where God had called him to be. And, you know, David, David fell. David did the same thing with Bathsheba. His life was never the same. There's a consequence, uh, consequence for his sins. And there certainly has been for me as well. But I, I go back to that story with David, and, and, and God uses Nathan to come to, to David and to say, hey, you know what, there's this king who had all these sheep, and, and he goes next door and he grabs this other sheep. And, and, and that was Bathsheba. And that, and, and that, that owner only has one sheep. And, and he takes that sheep, and, and Nathan says to David, David, what do you think that, that, that ought to happen to that man? And David says, well, he ought to be killed. And, and Nathan says, well, David... You're that man. And God used uh, my uncle, who was a godly man in my life, to say those very words to me. Um, it wasn't exactly those words, but that's exactly what it was. Was I had moved down on my wife. I was ready to divorce her. I was going to move in with another woman. And uh, I got on the phone, and, and a godly man my uncle was, and he got on the phone, and I told him what was going on, and I was going to leave, and I was unhappy in my marriage. And he told me, you're in the middle of sin, he goes, you go and you look in the heart, in your heart, look in the mirror, and God will tell you what to do, and he slammed the phone down on me. And uh, my life was never the same after that, Rick. I, uh, that was Easter Sunday of uh, 1985, and uh, I'm sorry, 1995, and uh, I had an out-of-body experience. I couldn't get home to my wife fast enough. Uh, I wanted to tell her exactly what had happened. And um, I knew that God had forgiven me. I got on my knees and I asked forgiveness. And I said, God, I want to get my life right with you first. And I went home and, and this verse stuck in my mind, uh, Rick. It was Psalm 103, 12. 
And it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us, so far has he forgiven our sins. And at that man I knew I at that moment I knew I was free. I knew I was set free with, with, with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But that didn't mean my wife was going to forgive me. And I went home and I remember going home and telling her what had happened. And I remember one of the hardest days of my life going home and doing that. But it was like an out-of-body experience. I couldn't get there fast enough. And I told her, I said, listen, and, and, I, and I got clean with her, and I told her, and I said, this is going to hurt you. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you, and whenever you ask me a question, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. And, and this is the wall that was up. And so I repented to her, and uh, she forgave me. And uh, it, has not, it had not been easy. Um, it's been it's been a process, but that's that's what I that's what I went through, and there's so much more to the story, Rick, um, on forgiveness and redemption, first from my Lord Jesus Christ, and then and then from my wife, and she has forgiven me. And biblically, as you know, she didn't have to do that; she needed to forgive me, but she didn't need to stay married to me. But she did, and she hung in there. I always find it impactful, Randy. You always. Uh, talk about God. You sought forgiveness from God. He forgave you first and foremost, and then you turned to your wife. And and in something like this, and certainly you know, the Ron Washington situation uh, has gotten news, but it, it happens all the time. It happens in our society a lot. What do you think is the most crucial thing for Ron and his wife to do to get through this situation? Well, my, my, my first prayer is that, that, that Ron, and I don't know the story, I pray that he didn't get caught. You know, I'm always concerned about that when, when somebody gets caught and doesn't, you know, doesn't fully say, hey, you know what, I'm sorry. I, I always wonder, are they really are sorry that they got caught? So my prayer is, is that he knew that he was living in sin and they turned that around. Now, I don't know if, if Ron's a believer or not, but I can tell you what saved Armour, and I don't know how people do it, but the thing that saved us, was our faith in Jesus Christ. Through this situation, my wife became a Christian, and she was just at that point right then and there where she was, she was through all of this, she had to seek a higher power, and she sought and found Jesus Christ through that whole thing. I don't know how people would make it through it without understanding forgiveness, and that only comes through the cross on what Jesus did for us and, and, and the death that he paid. We're, we're born sinners. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Look at a two-year-old when they come into the world. You don't have to see that. We don't have to teach them to be selfish. Mine, mine, mine. And Jesus Christ forgave me. My wife forgave me. And through Jesus Christ, it has, it has made it. I don't know how it makes it without Jesus in the middle of it. I just don't know how they make it. Because of the travel lifestyle that's associated with pro sports, do you suppose that trust is gone forever? Or is that something that can get overcome? Oh, that's absolutely something you can overcome. But but trust comes through time. I mean, when you know when I went and I asked for forgiveness for my wife, I wanted it like it was yesterday. Hey, God has forgiven me. You forgive me, and let's move on from this. It's not that way. This is a process. If you look at David's life, David's life was never the same after Bathsheba. I mean, God still loved him and called him a man after His own heart. But if you look at that story, David's life was turned upside down after that. And, you know, I want my wife to forgive me, like, now, and everything's going to be okay. And I'll tell you, it was a daily battle for a while. Then it would come up every week. Then it would come up every month. And then it would maybe come up every couple months. And so when these type of situations come up now, now it goes, it may go for a year. It may go a year and a half or so. 
and then something may trigger this. So I have to be very careful when, when the Ron Washingtons, the Tiger Woods, the Bill Clintons, all these, all these things that come up and we see, I have to be very careful when I walk down that road because that can trigger up emotions in the past. And just because, you know, we have sinned, there's consequences to our sin. We've been forgiven, but it doesn't mean that it's been forgotten. What is it about the lifestyle that makes professional athletes, young professional athletes, so vulnerable to infidelity? Oh, it's, it's, it's the big leagues. It's the temptation. It's the knock at the door at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's somebody wanting to get close to you because they think you have something to offer that you really don't. Um, we, put these, you know, we, we tend to put these athletes up on a pedestal. I don't any longer. I used to, but when I started working with them, I understood that they have the exact same problems that we do. But we want to get close to them. Don't we want to get close to them? And everybody wants an autograph. And, you know, you can't go out to, to eat dinner without somebody coming over and asking you for an autograph when you're those guys. It's, it's a different lifestyle. We all ask for their attention all the time. So we put them up on a shelf. And, man, I'm telling you, I, I saw it in professional baseball. Women are lined up outside every night. And these guys, you know, they, they can go out and they can have a different woman every night, these people. I mean, they are lined up to do that. And uh, it's why I didn't end up taking the big league job after 18 years. They came to me and offered me the head job. And I told them that my wife, after what we had been through, and, and the Blue Jays knew me B.C., before Christ, and they've known me since Christ was, had lived in my life. I, you know, before I moved to Arizona, I was the chapel leader there. And I oftentimes wonder, I wonder what they think about me coming into the clubhouse doing baseball chapel, because most of those people know my past. But, but thank God, you know, um, amazing grace, you know, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was lost but now, and blind, but now I see. That's me, man. And that's forgiveness that, that Jesus Christ has granted to us. But... But when I went to the Blue Jays and I said, listen, there's a reason I can't take this job, and here's the deal. My wife now is my accountability partner. I don't trust myself going to a hotel room and being with the Blue Jays and somebody knocking on my door at 3 o'clock, a girl, and throwing herself at me. I want to believe that I would have the biblical knowledge now and the accountability people and the, and the people around me to not go down that path. But my wife, I told them my wife needed to be on those trips. And so I said, if you'll pay me X amount of dollars and fly my wife on every trip, I'll be your, I'll consider being your head athletic trainer. So people just want to get close to people, people that are associated with, with, with professional sports. People want a piece of them. And they'll do oftentimes, and, and oftentimes it's through sex that they'll, you know, they'll be able to go out and brag that they've been able to, you know, sleep with player X, Y, or Z. Mm. Knowing that, Randy, you work with a lot of young people, you work with uh, young athletes. What do you say to prepare that naive young man chasing a career in sports, and uh, what what do you think they really need to know and of what to expect? You know, what it, what it truly looks like to be a biblical man. Um, I just, I, I, you know, uh, thank the Lord I didn't have uh, the Internet and, and, and a smartphone when I was in high school. I don't know, you know, I believe I still would have found the Lord at some place by His grace. He reached down and He touched me. But man, it's it's about for a young boy, it's about what is it what is it to be a biblical man? What does it look like to be a biblical man? And you know, Rick, the reason that I really moved out here was discipleship of men and trying to pour into those young men. 
and to have a young man come alongside an older man and, and to say, listen, these are, these are the mistakes that I made, but you don't have to make those mistakes. You don't have to go down the heartache that I went down. My wife did not biblically have to allow me to stay in this marriage. I mean, the, the, the funny story is here is, is, is down the road. We ended up teaching at the church that we used to belong in Florida. We took a premarital class for seven years. That's, that's, that's the goodness. That's the grace. That's the mercy of Jesus Christ. And to try and instill in a young man, a young athlete, the principles of, of, of biblical sound, what does it look like to be a biblical man, a biblical husband, and to try to hook those, those, those kids into youth groups and trying to get the Word of God in front of them, that's the only thing that I know. That's the only piece that, that I, can, I can give to those kids. Apart from that, it's really a crapshoot. But I know, I know, the, you know, I've seen the light. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't see the light until later in my life. But at least I saw the light. And the uh, more that we can get in front of these kids and schools and, and try to bring the Word of, of God to them, um, the better off not just they're going to be, but our country is going to be. Randy, that's great advice. Um, appreciate your work and what you do. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us. But before I let you go, um, is there anything we can specifically pray for you about? Um, yeah, I mean, out here, you know, I, I'm getting a little bit involved with, uh, with an organization, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. There's a man that moved out here from Delaware. God is really putting a network together out here of some neat stuff that's going on. He's putting men in my life. Um, I would just, you know, just say that, that, that uh, you know, that I want to be like Paul, you know. I want to uh, I, I want to follow Christ, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. I just, I just ask for prayer that that I would be able to do that, to be, to be the light, and, and to send the glory to God. A lot of times, you know, this, can, this isn't about me. And sometimes I, I think it is about me, but it's about the glory of God. So just that I put that in perspective would be great. And one other prayer is, you know, is our dear friend Don Gordon, who's going through a lot of, uh, uh, he was my mentor, my Paul, the Paul-Timothy relationship. And Don has, has had some physical problems for the last, you know, probably three months. And he's He's really up and down with his health right now, so that's a big prayer request on my heart. All right, we'll keep those things in prayer. Randy, thanks again for joining us. Great advice. My prayer is going to be that, you know, your advice impacts some young man uh, who hears that. Amen. Amen. Hey, am I going to see you down in the Dominican? I'm hoping, brother. I'm planning to be there. I look forward. Okay. I trust I'll be with you. Uh, Amen. That would be great. All right. Thanks for joining us. Love you, brother. Thanks for having me on. Love you, too, man. Thanks again. Benson and Nose Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. You're listening to ESPN Rochester. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets. Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit the online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. 
The American dream is of a better future, a confident retirement. Those dreams have taken a beating lately. As an Ameriprise financial advisor, Nathan R. Wegman is dedicated to helping you keep your dreams alive by listening, planning, working with you one-on-one so you can retire your way with confidence. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 140. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise Financial cannot guarantee future financial results. You're invited to join Benson this November in the Dominican Republic as part of SCORE International's annual baseball outreach. Your life will be impacted as you help with daily baseball clinics and share the love of Jesus Christ, as well as delivering humanitarian assistance to the needful people of the Dominican Republic. This five-day mission trip includes morning and evening worship services, testimonies from professional ball players, and your choice of daily afternoon ministry opportunities in addition to the morning clinics. The trip departs from Rochester on Sunday, November 9th and returns Thursday, November 13th. Cost is $595 plus airfare, so you can expect the total cost to be around $1,200. The price includes meals, lodging, ground transportation, and airport transfers. Past trips have featured participation from such men as New York Yankee greats Mariano Rivera and Andy Pettit, former NL Rookie of the Year Chris Coughlin, Lou Pinella, Ian Kennedy, Gary Carter, Brett Butler, and many others. Former Atlanta Braves outfielder Otis Nixon is planning to be part of this year's trip. If you're a baseball fan who has wanted to experience the impact of a short-term missions trip, you won't want to miss this one. Contact Benson through our website, www www.btgprogram.com for more information. Hi, it's Benson. I hope you enjoy the program. We've set out to bring you a different kind of sports talk show. We want to be entertaining, but we also have a message to share, and that's the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that God is glorified through the show's mixing of sports, humor, and faith. And our goal is that the program appeals to everyone, not just faith-based audiences. After all, it's not a faith program with sports, it's a sports program with faith. But the costs are considerable, I'm afraid. Advertisers are certainly a helpful blessing, but we're primarily a listener-supported program, and in order to continue what we're doing, we need your help. Perhaps you could consider giving a financial gift. You can go to our website, btgprogram.com, and make a one-time donation or even become a recurring supporter. And to show our appreciation, with every gift of $25 or more, we'll send you a T-shirt to say thank you. On behalf of those guys, I want you to know that we covet your prayers and appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening to Benson and those guys. Mood music to send off Derek Jeter. Through the years, how much you have meant to us all, even the Pittsburgh Pirate fans in the room. Through the years. <laughs> we love you, Derek. Please don't go. Bob Seagave is the assistant athletic director at Roberts Wesleyan College. He's the head coach of the women's basketball team, and he takes the time to join us now on the phone. Coach, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Hey, Roberts, I understand, is transitioning to uh, Division Two. Can you tell us what that means and the benefits of such a move? Sure. Um, we were an NAI school up till. Um, we began this process four years ago. Uh, we got official acceptance here recently in July. Um, it just gives us a, a better um, brand recognition with the NCAA, certainly. Um, the platform that, that NCAA has with a life in balance, um, athletics and certainly academics, uh, is something that we, as we studied the movement uh, out of NAI and into one of the NCAA levels, either two or three, 
Um, two just absolutely um, matched what we want to do as an institution. Uh, we love the student involvement. The partial to full scholarship model uh, was very much in line with what we we're used to in the NAIA. Um, and certainly the, the platform pieces of learning and service and balance uh, and passion and scholarship uh, match our college mission as well. Does that help you bring in a, a, a different type of student athlete? Absolutely. Uh, we found that um, just having that NCAA brand recognition um, has has opened doors for us um, in multi-states now. Uh, a lot of student athletes are, are reaching out to us even before we reach out to them. So it's been absolutely what we thought it would uh, would be and had hoped it would be. And we know uh, locally RIT went D1 with their hockey program. Do you see any scenario where Roberts would eventually go D1 with any of their teams? I don't see it um, at this point um, based on the size of the school and, and where we want to be. Um, but it's certainly been great to, to make the move to Division Two, though, and to be competing in the East Coast Conference and playing against some of the the higher um, Division Two schools in the country. That's been a, a wonderful experience for us. And plus, we've been able to maintain our dual affiliation with the National Christian Colleges and uh, have performed very well in, in those venues as well. How does that affect uh, some of the traditional rivalries? Will that now playing at Division Two level, will you form new rivalries? Are those old rivalries something of the past? Yeah, unfortunately, the rivalries have, um, especially with Houghton, our sister uh, Christian College in upstate New York, um, has kind of gone a little bit by the wayside. The only time we see them are now in regionals for national Christians uh, as they've gone the Division Two or Division Three route, and they're playing in the um, in the Empire Eight now. So we're starting to to get our own new rivals. Uh, we're we're tested by Long Island University of Post, um, NY Institute of Technology, the University of District of Columbia are starting to become some of those rivals. The one that we've really maintained is Damon College in Buffalo, and, and Damon was with us in the NAI in the same league. Uh, they're just a year behind us in the transition, uh, but that one has um, stood the test of time, so to speak. You know, there's so much focus on professional sports and uh, D1 college. I, I think a lot of folks miss the fact that there is such great competition locally. Uh, schools like Roberts, it's a great format to go and see a game, uh, relatively low cost. Um, will all the t- will all the teams be playing at Division Two, or only certain ones? No, all of our schools have made the move to Division Two, uh, and you're absolutely right. We feel like the the quality of our athletic programs has improved uh, they were very good but we feel like they're they're much improved over the last few years as we've made this transition the level of competition that we face day in and day out in our league are um, is tremendous you know so so we're constantly pushed to be better and that's what we would all want right you got a big weekend coming up on campus homecoming inauguration of a new college president uh, can you share some of your thoughts on the festivities of the upcoming weekend well, yeah, we have uh, a lot of things going on. Certainly, you mentioned uh, inaugurating our 11th president, uh, Dr. Dina Porterfield. Very excited uh, about that and the transition. We have some alumni uh, events, soccer games, um, volleyball games, our 16th annual cross-country alumni event. And then we're playing a volleyball match uh, at 11 o'clock. And then we have soccer at 1 and 3.30 at our stadium. And even um, our own takeoff of Saturday Night Live uh, this evening, 
um, with um, everyone welcome to come. Our students are so gifted and they're so blessed with uh, the talents and, and willing to share them, and it's just a unique kind of opportunity. So we're very excited about uh, homecoming, seeing our alumni, and just getting out and enjoying them and seeing what they're up to as well. Well, it sounds like a great weekend. I want to encourage our listeners to go out, see a game at Roberts Westland. And before we let you go, I want to ask you, is there anything we can pray for you about? Certainly. Um, you know, obviously we're in transition with the new president, and we're building a new nursing and science center, um, a Legacy 150 campaign. We're heading towards 2016. It's our 150th year since B.T. Roberts founded us. So um, certainly if listeners would be in prayer for that, and then absolutely our students. Um, you know, the most recent one that we've seen come across uh, our desk, so to speak, is this social media and now a new platform. Uh, I don't even want to say the name, but where people can hide anonymously behind their screen and be, you know, abusive, racist, sexist, and total anonymity. And, um, you know, with all the talk about cyberbullying and things like that, you know, we're just praying that our students and, and really all students in high schools and colleges in our area and around the country and even around the world that are affected by this. Um, you know, we really got to pray for them and, and keep them safe because uh, it's just a just a terrible thing that we've, again, we've just recently learned about. We would appreciate prayer mm-hmm. for our kids and keeping them away from that and safe and really putting an end to some of that, again, racist, sexist, just abusive things that people can say. You got it, man. We'll keep that in prayer. He's Bob Seagave. He's the assistant athletic director. He's also the head coach of the women's basketball team. Coach, I want to thank you again for joining us. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Enjoy your show. Thank you. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Before uh, we get moving too far along, I want to give it over to Darren, who's got an unreasonable rant. Hey, guess who lost another big game? Peyton Manning. The Super Bowl choker is now 0-3 in overtime games with the Broncos. You know who is 4-0 in overtime games? Tim Tebow. Sure, the dude had a game where he completed two passes, but they won that game. And in fact, that's all the stud does. Win. Tebow won a state championship in high school, two national championships in college, and a division champ in the NFL. He has the same amount of playoff wins as Jay Cutler, Alex Smith, Andrew Luck, Tony Romo, and Matt Ryan. And exactly one more win than 13 other starting quarterbacks in the league right now. I'm so tired of hearing this guy can't play quarterback. Yes, his career 47% completion rate looks bad, but would you rather have Alex Smith, who will go 17 for 20 for 95 yards, or Tim Tebow, who will go 10 for 21 for 316 yards like he did against the Steelers in his last NFL game? I'll take Tebow. Yeah, I said it. Dude's a winner. I'd be happy if the Bills replaced Manuel with him right now and started him Sunday. He might not know the playbook by then, but he does know how to win, and I heard that winning is all that matters. If that's the case, someone sign him. All he does is win. He likes winning. He said so himself, and that's enough for me. Tebow for president. We love Tim Tebow. Imagine if he played shortstop for the New York Yankees, how much we would love him. (laughs) We'd never want him to leave. Please don't say we love Tim Tebow, or at least don't include me in there, because I can't stand him. Wow, that's harsh. I love Tim Tebow, but he, he 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 wore on me after a while with his message. Sometimes, I mean, it, 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 sounds, it sounds bad. He's a Christian. He had a great message, but when you go to a press conference, you have to answer your football questions. You can't just bring it back to Jesus all the time. That just you just since the start of this show, Darren, you are the only one that has stayed upbeat. Zach is hated. Shane is hated. No, now we just got Dan's hate. I'm just stating facts. Haters, just angry. Angry. Do you need a hug. Truthers, okay. hangers, haters. <laughs> We group hug later on in the show. <laughs> Our title sponsor is uh, for Benson and those guys is Town and Country Pest Solutions. So we go around the room. We have our. 
pest of the week, and my pest of the week is foul-mouthed amateur softball guy. Hey, listen, fella, do you think anyone is actually counting your usage and inexplicable fondness for the lowest levels of the English language <laughs> and then reporting it back to the folks at Guinness? We can only assume that the F-bomb is one of the only about a few hundred words that you have a comfortable grasp of its pronunciation, <laughs> even though you clearly don't understand its definition. The fact that you use it as a noun, a verb, an adjective, and many other speech conform- co- components confirms that you either know as little as you look like you do or that you believe it is some sort of tool to compensate for your other shortcomings. Listen, foul-mouthed amateur softball guy, whatever it is, let me just say this to you, my friend. You are the low-class loser your parents always knew you would turn out to be. It it more sounds like Benson's angry at softball since he's still over the season. (laughs) I wasn't going to bring that up, but... (laughs) I think Benson should do the rants from now on. It's actually pretty good. Who's your pest of the week? Sorry. Uh, mine's Zach for saying Derek Jeter wasn't the greatest shortstop to ever play for the Yankees, citing A-Rod as being better. He's a Yankees fan, so I didn't think I had to remind him that A-Rod was their third baseman, not the shortstop. Uh, useless Zach also likes to refer to stats whenever he's debating people for whatever reason when it comes to uh, to Jeter. He like, all goes out the window, and he has an inexplicable love for A-Rod. Zach, real quick, your pest of the week. It's ESPN. There's NHL games on, and ESPN's not talking about them. New York Yankee fans, Benson, Darren, any others? Cut off his mic. He's a hater. Uh, my pest of the week is Paul George. He knows what he did. Go look it up. <laughs> yeah. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Hit us up on the website. Hit us up on Twitter, btgprogram.com. I'll learn to pronounce that word sooner <laughs> or later. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. You're listening to ESPN Rochester. Hi, it's Benson. I hope you enjoy the program. We've set out to bring you a different kind of sports talk show. We want to be entertaining, but we also have a message to share, and that's the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that God is glorified through the show's mixing of sports, humor, and faith. And our goal is that the program appeals to everyone, not just faith-based audiences. After all, it's not a faith program with sports. It's a sports program with faith. But the costs are considerable, I'm afraid. Advertisers are certainly a helpful blessing, but we're primarily a listener-supported program, and in order to continue what we're doing, we need your help. Perhaps you could consider giving a financial gift. You can go to our website, btgprogram.com, and make a one-time donation or even become a recurring supporter. And to show our appreciation, with every gift of $25 or more, we'll send you a T-shirt to say thank you. On behalf of those guys... I want you to know that we covet your prayers and appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening to Benson and those guys.